Wagon trains ceased to roll down over the purple rim and on down through the endless forest to the open country beyond the ranges. The pioneers from the Middle West came no more. The Tonto remained almost as isolated as before its domain had been invaded. In one way, it was as wild as ever it had been in the heyday of Geronimo and his fierce Apaches, and this was because of the rustler bands that found a rendezvous in the almost inaccessible canyons under the rim. They preyed upon the cattlemen and sheepmen, who would have waxed prosperous but for their depredations. Jacob Dutton was one of the ranchers who was kept poor by these cattle-stealing marauders, but despite his losses he could see that the day of the rustler was waning. In fact, the tragic Pleasant Valley War, which was heralded throughout the West as a battle between cattlemen and sheepmen, was really between the ranchers and the rustlers, and it forever broke the stranglehold of the livestock thieves. Slowly the Tonto began to recover, and it began to hold promise for the far future. Jake and Verdi were raised together in a log cabin that nestled under the towering gold and yellow craggy rim. The brook that passed their home roared in spring with the melting snows, and sang musically all during the other seasons. The boys grew up with the deer and the bear and the wild turkeys which ranged their pasture land with the calves and colts. They learned how to track animals as other boys learned to play games. It was to be part of their lives. They hunted and trapped before they even knew how to read. In fact, the few summers schooling they managed to get did not come until they were between twelve and sixteen years old. Both of them grew into the rangy, long-limbed type peculiar to the region. The Tonto type was a composite of rider and hunter, woodchopper and calf-brander, with perhaps more of the backwoods stamp than that of the range. Jake, at twenty-two, was a lithe, narrow-hipped, wide-shouldered young giant, six feet tall, with as rugged and homely a face as the bark of one of the pines under which he had grown to manhood. He had a mat of coarse hair, beetling brows, a huge nose, and a wide mouth. But his eyes, if closely looked into, made up for his other possible defects. They were clear gray, intent and piercing, even beautiful in their latent light. Verdi, at twenty-three, was a couple of inches shorter than Jake, a little heavier, yet of the same supple, lithe build, fair and curly-haired, ruddy-cheeked, with eyes of flashing blue, handsome as a young woodland god. And these two, from the day of their strange meeting at Lost Boy Ford to the years of their manhood, had been inseparable. No real blood brothers could have been closer. Jake liked hunting best of all work or play, while Verdi inclined to horses. Being a born horseman, naturally, he gravitated toward riding the range. Jake was the more proficient with rifle and six-shooter, as he was also with everything pertaining to trapping wild animals. Verdi had no peer in the use of a lasso. He could rope and throw and tie a steer in record time. Jake's father called Verdi the champion bulldogger of the Tonto. Verdi was not so good with an axe as Jake, but he could mow his way down a field of sorghum, far ahead of Jake. Thus the two of them, with their opposite tastes and abilities, made a team for Jacob Dunton that could not have been equaled in all the Tonto Basin. Long ago Dunton had abandoned any hope of ever learning Verdi's parentage. In fact, he did not want to. Verdi was as his own son, and Verdi had all but forgotten the mystery behind his boyhood. The Duntons had no other children, and the great herd of cattle they hoped to amass some day would belong equally to Jake and Verdi. In spring, after the roundup, 
which was a long and arduous task, owing to the wild timberland and rough canyons where the cattle ranged. There would be the plowing and the planting, the clearing of more land, the building of fences. In the fall would come the harvesting, which time of all seasons these backwoods pioneers loved best. They had their husking bees and bean-picking parties and sorghum-cutting rivalries, and their dances, which were the very heart of their lives. In late fall they killed pigs and beeves and deer for their winter meat. And from then on to spring again they chopped wood and toasted their shins before the open fireplace. During the autumn the settler families on the upper slope of this Tonto Basin gathered once a week for a dance. Occasionally it was held at a ranch cabin, sometimes in the woodland schoolhouse, but mostly in the little town of Tonto Flat. The dance represented their main social life. They had no church, no county house, no place where old and young could meet. Therefore, the dance...